Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hey, welcome back to this episode of The Scent Life. As we uh, continue in our uh, summer mini-series in the run-up to our uh, annual Southern Baptist Convention, as we really explore the topic, uh, together we go. We really are looking at what it means to be Southern Baptist and why is it that we cooperate together in missions, why that's important. Keelan, we've had uh, several weeks of this, and they seem to go really well. I had some good feedback from folks. Yeah, I've been encouraged by the way people have responded so far, and I hope that we can finish this out over the next uh, probably three weeks, I think it is, as we have leading up to the SBC, kind of drilling in at this point. It's been Scott and I talking up to up to now, but we're going to start having some guests on so that we can have some different perspectives and angles on the conversation. That's right. Today we have a real good friend of mine. Uh, Dr. Randy Mann is in our Scent Life studios today. Uh, Randy is the pastor um, of the Wake Crossroads Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've known Randy for a long time. How long have we known one another, Randy? I don't know. Too, too, I mean, a long time. <laughs> uh, you know, whether... Uh, in a seminary context or in the middle of a fly fishing river, uh, whether catching trout or chasing snakes away. All of those. One time I was with Randy in a fishing uh, endeavor, Keelan, and I promise you we were surrounded by snakes. <laughs> I fell down. There was a snake. Randy had to drag me up the hill. He's like my snake rescuer. I felt like Indiana Jones and he was the rescue man. It sounds like you're eternally indebted to Randy at this point. Well, let's don't be crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, the problem is I got him up just before I fell in the middle of the dirt road laughing uh. hysterically at what I'd seen. There you go. Hey, Randy, so um, I appreciate you being here. You know, one of the things that we're really trying to delve into in this mini series has to do with um, cooperation, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, and as a pastor in, in the area— um, how do you understand uh, how the, the kind of the cooperative nature of the Southern Baptist Convention impacts your ministry as a pastor? Yeah. Well, I've had, I guess, a lifelong observation of that cooperation. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, I grew up uh, in an SBC church. Um, I, I watched our cooperative efforts, whether it was associational meetings or associational youth gatherings and things as I was growing up. Um, just all kinds of ways that I saw there in Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, churches working together. Um, then when I came uh, here to North Carolina for seminary and then after that on staff at Wake Crossroads for about 10 years, um, not having a lot of opportunity mm. due to some doctrinal issues and things, frankly, um, at, a, at a local associational level, it mm. became mm-hmm. far more of a challenge for us to have to be intentional in our cooperative efforts. Mm. Now, mm. We, could, we could participate as an SBC church in giving through the cooperative program, which we did. Right. Um, but for me, that's always meant more than sending money to Montgomery or sending money to um, Cary, mm-hmm. knowing that some of that's going on to Nashville and, you know, Richmond and, and Alpharetta, right. among other places. And so um, even when I was in Henderson, or I guess Henderson, mm-hmm. as the locals would say it, uh, for the last nine years, you know, I walked into a situation where, frankly, the, the association 
was pretty much already gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we had to make the, the choice to cooperate together for the sake of the kingdom because our, our conviction was then and our conviction is now coming back to Raleigh just as of January. Right. Um, cooperative program giving is great and we should do that. Right. Churches like ours have the opportunity to put more resources in than a rural church in far out Alabama somewhere and that sort of a thing. There are other churches that can give a lot more than we can. Right. But together, as we give, we can um, send missionaries across North America and around the world in a way that none of us could if we were going at it alone. I, I have some friends uh, and have known some people that were in independent Baptist churches, right. and they sponsor their own missionaries. But those missionaries either are f- funded by the church or they have to raise their own support. And and so there's just, a, a, frankly, a cap mm. of, of what they are able to do in isolation that we have the opportunity to do in a greater way as we partner together with some 47,000 other churches across our country. But for me, that cooperative giving piece, important as it is, and we're committed to do that, right. um, is a beginning point, not an end point. Hmm. In the same way that I don't want people tithing at our church to say, well, I gave to the work. Now, my hands are off. I, I can just co- coast along. That's a great point. I think as churches, even as we give to our cooperative efforts, we really put our money where our mouth is when we come alongside other churches, even in our immediate area, mm. to say, okay, if if we, for instance, say we are committed to growing the kingdom of Wake Crossroads, mm-hmm. I have no reason to expect God to bless that work. Hmm. If we come together and say we as the church of God at, that gathers at Wake Crossroads— Together with churches like Faith Baptist, Mm -hmm. Bayleaf Baptist, Open Door Baptist, others in our area who are like-minded and and desiring for God to use us as his instruments for the growth of his kingdom and not ours, just being good stewards of what he's entrusted to each one of us, Mm. then I think we can trust that God's going to be faithful to bless our desire for his kingdom to grow and for his glory to be shown and not ours. Mm then I expect, you know, he'll be faithful to bless that. And so, you know, giving to the cooperative program, absolutely. We do that. We'll continue to do that. Um, But for us, it's just more than that. Yeah. Randy, I think what you're saying here is a very important point when it comes to this conversation about cooperating for mission. I really like the way you're comparing it to a stewardship issue. Uh, I think that's right. And I'd be interested to hear, so if we do a paradigm shift here, so to speak, on when we think of cooperation, it's really just code for making sure we're giving to the cooperative program to one that says, no, uh, cooperation is a stewardship of all of our resources, not just our money. What does it look like then for a local church to cooperate in, uh, say, a more local setting like you were just discussing? Can you unpack some of that for us? Yeah, sure. Um, So within the past, I can just tell you within the past week. Right. um, I was in a meeting with a missions pastor of another church in our area where both of us have seen um, God put us in proximity of Spanish speakers uh, in our area. Um, We had to go and find some Spanish speakers to come and be a part of our uh, Bread of Life ministry, which is a food pantry type ministry, Mm. trying to meet practical needs as as an avenue for sharing the gospel with the people in our community. Half the people that were showing up for that were Spanish speakers, and we weren't prepared for that. 
Um, and so we, we were able to go and find some, uh, some folks who were able to speak Spanish and who wanted to share the gospel to come and to be a part of that ministry alongside of us. Well, another sister church in the area, they said, we've seen uh, God doing some work in that way uh, in our church as well. And so we just met to just talk about how might God use some of the resources that he's entrusted to us, maybe some of the resources that God has entrusted to them. Two weeks ago, I met with um, the gentleman that's over all of church planting for the State Convention of North Carolina, as well as the one who, who manages and oversees Hispanic church planting, to just say what resources are available at a cooperative program level. My commitment is, look, we are, we are faithfully seeking to give cooperative program money uh, into our state to be used for mission in our state uh, as well as across the country and around the world. And so how do we then even personally and as a church in our community uh, seek to steward both the dollars we give and then the dollars we could receive from that collective giving toward being more effective to reach, yeah. for instance, Spanish speakers in our community? Well, and one of the things that's so interesting to me about this is you're talking on a really local level right now. You're not just talking about how are we going to cooperate to go across the pond, to go overseas to the to the nations. And and very often, I think when we talk about cooperation, we're t- we tend to be thinking about the faraway places. Yeah. And that's there, and that's you know part of the reason we started this whole Southern Baptist endeavor, anyways. Right. But the idea of cooperation doesn't stop once we get within inside our own county or our, our city limits. And so the opportunity for churches to, to partner together on some of these intensely local things, I think that's a really important thing to pick up. Well, and Keelan, I think the reason that that is so important is because that gives visual testimony to the reality of uh, our unity in Christ as one people. That's right. That's a great point. Right? That's right. So, so in other words, I can partner with multiple other churches to do work in uh, Uganda and in Tanzania and in Moldova and in Nepal and, you know, in Brazil. And we do that. Which you do. That's right. Yeah, yeah we do that. We do all those things. Um, I've personally trained pastors in those places. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I can go with another pastor from, you know, from Raleigh and a pastor from Florida, and we can go to Moldova and train pastors, and that can be a fantastic thing, and we'll do that. But when I partner with a church down the street or two or three churches down the street to have an impact in our immediate community, knowing that we would even ask some of our people to consider, would you go and be a part of this work mm. as a stewardship of your gifts, your tithes, your your time, and those kinds of things? That's when people in an individual community can say, mm. contrary to perhaps what they've observed mm. yeah. and heard and, and even experienced in the past— that church is in competition with that church mm. is in competition with that church. And and people from that church came to active members of this church and said, hey, you should come over and check our church out because we've really got it going on over here. Mm. And and the, where the testimony, even in, in, a, in a local place, is competition um, and, you know, in contrarianism. Right. Um, we have the ability when we work together in the most local contexts to say we want to put on display that none of us are about us or our kingdom. Mm. We're laboring together for the sake of God's kingdom. That's a great point. In fact, you know, I really like, and Keelan, this really goes back to um, our conversation for the last several weeks when we've talked about the fact that, 
you know, your church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Exactly. Yeah. And that the mission is God's mission, and it is to establish a people, and those people are uh, advancing God's mission. And so what, what Randy's talking about here in the area is the church being God's people on mission and cooperation um, as we do it in the Southern Baptist Convention. We've said that ours isn't the only way to do this, certainly. but uh, it certainly is this great testimony to uh, the mission of our God, to uh, to God's purpose in bringing out a people and a people involved in uh, in the ministry. So it really, it really does echo uh, what we see in the Bible and then it makes just practical sense on the ground. I mean, there's kind of a, a, a both and here. And as we think about Southern Baptist engaged in this type of work, it advances our testimony. But to Randy's point, not about ourselves. We don't have any, we shouldn't have any expectation if we pray, God bless my kingdom, that he's going to answer that prayer. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, the other thing, too, I think that's important for us not to miss in this is that the churches we're partnering together with are really different, right? That's right. So, in other words, um, what we have decided is, look, we're all in agreement that the, that the the key uh, doctrinal foundations that the Scripture lays out, as we would say at Southern Baptist, that we believe the Baptist faith and message 2000 right. is a faithful um, demonstration of this. Mm-hmm. It's not infallible, but the Scripture is. That's right. But we feel like that's a, a you know a faithful representation of those of those foundational right. doctrines. And so you know so in fact j- just for instance one of the, a couple of the churches that we were meeting with uh, two days ago I think it was. Um, one of them would be seen as very contemporary, mm. uh, elder polity, mm-hmm. and this sort of a thing. Another would be a a much more traditional church, very traditional, um, pastor led, um, you know, committees, deacons, right. that kind of a thing in terms of policy. Uh, Wake Crossroads has just recently made a pretty significant polity shift right. um, from a kind of staff. Or pastor or staff-led congregational polity to an elder mm-hmm. uh, leadership, but at the same time, very much intentionally congregational mm-hmm. in how we carry that out. But so my point is, you've got this church over here that's that's very contemporary, elder model church, uh, very traditional church over here that's pastor-led traditional church, us as kind of a weird hybrid, I guess, in some of those things. But the deal is, what we agree about are those foundational doctrinal mm-hmm. distinctives of who we are, and to the point that while we even maybe disagree of how we um, or don't do things exactly the same Good way. Uh, when we gather with our folks in our mm. local congregation on Sunday, we're saying, hey, this isn't about us. Mm-hmm. This is about seeing the gospel going forth in an area of our city that is it, where it currently isn't. Mm-hmm. And we agree on this foundational message and the mission that we're on together. So let's act like it. Right. Yeah, you... I think you hit the nail on the head here with your your point about this. And so if, if the BFNM provides us with some um, uh, kind of a field to play in here for mm-hmm. cooperation, uh, the thing that we can all rally around here is the Great Commission, right? right? And so yeah. we may have some different manifestations of how we would apply some mm-hmm. of the ideas that we have in ecclesiology and some of those things. We've got some some boundary markers, perhaps, that are given to us through the BFNM. But the thing that we can all come together and say, hey, let's work together on this. Mm-hmm. And where we as Southern Baptists mm-hmm. have found ourselves is saying, there's this thing that we can all agree we need to be about, and it's the Great Commission. Right. Yeah, yeah the Baptist Faith the Message allows us to walk into a meeting of of pastors and kind of let our hair down just a little bit. Yeah. Right? We trust that we're all on the same page on the important elements. We may differ on how we apply practically the ministry, but we, can, we cooperate at this level of the mission, who God is, what is the gospel, 
uh, what is the what's the purpose of the gospel, the purpose of the church, and so those really allow us to accomplish that. Randy, I want to back up just a little bit, if you would, when we were talking about cooperation, you made a kind of a passing allusion to the fact that not only is cooperation something that you view as a from a pastoral sense. Um, something that allows you to participate with other churches, participate with churches in the state, local association, also churches on the national level. But you also made an allusion to the fact that this whole notion of cooperation also benefits the health of your local church. So there is a um, there is a, a benefit even to your people yeah. on you you as a pastor leaning into. Uh, uh, being together on mission with other people. So can you uh, unpack just a little bit more what you mean by that? What are some of the, the ways you say, man, this actually helps us when we uh, when we focus on purpose, on cooperation. So many people would think, if I want to help myself, I need to focus on me. And you're saying, mm-hmm. no, no, I can help me by leaning into doing this mission together. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I think the biggest way that it benefits is number one, as you give the challenge to our people to give faithfully, right? Whether it's tithes and offerings that we tell them, you know, mm-hmm. is going to, you know, first and foremost, provide the ministry immediately in our church. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, to then go uh, to our state uh, and we share with them about the work that's taking place there, um, like the Baptist Children's Homes mm-hmm. and and some of the state-level work that's that's taking place. But as we think more broadly than that, it's it's just if we want our people to think bigger than our immediate context, right, our church, our facility, our ministries, our whatever, one of the best ways we can broaden their perspective is by sharing with them uh, about what God is doing in other places. So, you know, we can share with them uh, work that's taking place in church plants, yeah. for instance, across, you know, across our country or or even just outside of our town, you know, to another brother that we know that's planting a church in Fayetteville. And right. Sharing with them how they can pray. But the other thing that does then, it shows them that there are opportunities, mm-hmm. right? That, right, that they can participate, not just with dollars in the plate, though we, look, we challenge them all the time with regard to not just general tithes and offerings, but, you know, we just had any Armstrong season for um, for North American missions, and our, our church exceeded our goal again. We had, had a $20,000 goal, and I think it was ended up being about 23000 and some change. Uh, we had a $50,000 goal for... Um, uh, no, a sixty thousand dollar goal for Lottie back at Christmas time ended up being sixty two or sixty three, um, and you know, I, and, and I tell them things like, look, every every time me and Melanie give, uh, we give to Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon because mm. we can give more across the year than we can give come Easter time or at Christmas time. Right, and so so just sharing with them the ways that we're partnering together with other like minded churches, I think, stretches their vision outside of just the place where we serve. And so then when we give them particular names, hmm. like the Jeremiah's family that's serving in Northeast Uganda, hmm. right? Or uh, the Bells that are serving in Slovenia or those kinds of things. And we, and we show them those pictures. When we go and, and send folks to uh, encourage them or walk alongside them, then a- again, it gives our people an opportunity not to p- just put dollars in the plate, but put their hands uh, on mission right. and, and their feet in motion. Right. 
right, uh, to, to stretch them in their own discipleship walk, but to give them a larger view of God's kingdom and God's mission uh, that extends beyond us. And, you know, I, I think all of those things are a part of um, that cooperative effort. Yeah. We've said several weeks ago we made the comment that the cooperative program and the cooperative effort of Southern Baptists allows any pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention to stand in his pulpit and preach with conviction. If God's called you to the mission field, you can say yes. Mm-hmm. Even if my church may be so uh, small or financially unable to think, well, I, you know, I can't support you by myself, but because I know that there are pastors like Randy Mann and others across the denomination who are leaning in, any person in my church, any boy, any girl, any young couple who says yes to missions can go because Southern Baptists cooperate together. Anybody yeah. in our churches who feel like they can respond to a call to ministry, to be a pastor, to be a youth pastor, to be a women's women's ministry coordinator, worship leader, can say yes to the call of God and can know you can receive an education at a reasonable rate because of cooperation. So it gives great passion for the pastor in the pulpit to say, hey, God's calling you. You say yes. And Southern Baptists will make sure you can get where you need to be. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I would even take it a step further to say, you know, I mean, the genius of the cooperative program is to say, let's take those who have understood God's calling and have a passion for taking the gospel to the nations. We're saying while we pray for them, and while we give to help facilitate that, they've they've put their yes on the table and they're willing to go. We want them to be free to go mm. as missionaries right. to do that task as opposed to um, not only burdening them with the challenges of cross-cultural living, language acquisition and those kinds of things, but making them a two-thirds time fundraiser right. so that right. they can be a one-third time missionary. Mm-hmm. And we just said, look, we don't want that to be the case. It, we can partner together to actually send missionaries that have the freedom to be that. And, and don't hear me disparaging. God bless those who work with other mission-sending oh, organizations, absolutely. even yeah, those doubt. that I, I praise the Lord for their faithful witness where they are. I just would say they've got some hurdles to have to mm-hmm. leap to be able to do what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. That those that we're seeking to send from our churches that we are seeking to call out and and send don't have to jump because of our faithful giving together of our churches to make that possible. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, gentlemen. I've yep. really enjoyed our time. Uh, so for all of you listening, as we're leaning into this conversation about what it means for us to go together, Randy, it has been a real pleasure having you with us today to talk through from a pastor's perspective right. in a local church. How do we bring this idea down and make it land on the ground? And I think you've done an excellent job helping us think through some of the real practical ways that we're doing that. Uh, if you're listening, join us as we continue along in this series for the next few weeks. We'll be inviting others to the table so that we can have conversations about how we go and how we do it together. Make sure you pick us up, uh, like us in all the right places, follow us in all the right places, and do the same for our other podcast here at Southeastern. Thanks and God bless. 